Open the door! Open the door and let us in! Run, the run, the king of all birds! Open the door and let us in! Hey, open the door! Hey everyone, it's Rob with the Four Songs. Thanks for hanging in there with me. I knew it'd be a couple weeks before I got this episode up, and I got bad news. It's going to be even longer before the next one goes because I'm taking the summer off, or the rest of it, that is. So stay tuned. The best thing to do is to follow me at Four Songs Two. That's at Four Songs Number Two on Twitter because you never know, it might pop up every now and then with something new. In the meantime, I want you to sit back, grab a beer, pint, whatever, and just relax because this episode, this one's actually pretty personal for me. I think way back when, when I started this podcast back in May 2020, I had a list of names of folks I wanted to have. You know, some were definitely wishful thinking, and others I thought, you know, who knows? Why not just try and reach out to people? And, you know, it's actually been quite beneficial to do that. Anyway, one of the first people I had on my list was a guy named Barry Lynch. Now, Barry was a guy that my wife and I met while we were visiting a town called Moy, that's M-O-Y, in Northern Ireland. How we got there is a whole other story, so I'm not going to bore you with those details. Anyway, the Moy, as it's sometimes called by the locals, it's about 45 minutes west of Belfast. It's in Northern Ireland. It is your quintessential Irish or Northern Irish town. It is small, mainly one road. Well, one main road, rather. Maybe two pubs, maybe two or three restaurants. So one afternoon, we popped into one of the local pubs and There's a thing going on called an Irish session, which is literally a session of music. It is local musicians bringing their instruments, sitting in a circle and playing songs. No set list, just, hey, I know this song. Do you know it? Play along. Now, there's a band leader, this guy named Barry Lynch. The band was playing mostly traditional Irish music, but there was some contemporary stuff in there, some John Denver, some American music. You know, for a guy who's just grew up listening to bands like the Pogues and Black 47, this, I just ate it up. It was just exactly what you thought you'd hear in Ireland. So we had a few pints, caught up with Barry afterwards, we just met, and he told us about what we had just heard. And he told us where we can hear more of it. He gave us some ideas to do while we were in town, and you know what? We exchanged emails and just stayed in touch. Lo and behold, 10 years later, or actually more than that, I reached out to him to do this podcast, just thinking maybe he's got something going on. I knew he had some albums coming out in the past, and it turns out he was working on a new, a new album. And we're here to talk about that today. Now, I got to tell you, this is not your traditional, well, it is traditional music, but it is not like the Pogues or Black 47. I mean, it is Irish music to the core. But the theme and the the concept behind this album is unlike anything I've never really heard before. Mummer's music dates back to the pagan era. So before St. Patrick, before any of the Catholicism took over Ireland, what it is, is a group of musicians dressed up in straw masks, playing different characters in basically a play. They go to different houses, knock on doors, and if you let them in, they will sit there and play their play, basically, in front of you. Different musicians playing different characters. So really, what you're about to listen to is as old as time itself. It is an amazing, impeccable album that I got to tell you, you can't listen to it in snippets, which is unfortunate for this show, because that's what I do is I play snippets. We talk about four songs in particular, The Wren, What Put the Blood, St. Brendan, and King Puck. But you got to listen to this thing from beginning to end. The Arma Rhymers, that's spelled A-R-M-A-G-H, Arma Rhymers. Look it up. Go order the album from the website. If you like this kind of music, you just got to dig in. You know, it can be like, since it is sort of this play and, and dating back to the pagan era, it can be kind of nursery rhymey, kind of childlike. 
But what's amazing about this interview is it's not just about the Armagh Rhymers. I mean, it is, but it's also about Barry himself. And Barry, consummate musician, humble, funny. He's been playing music his whole life. In fact, he's been a big part of the peace process in Northern Ireland, which is an ongoing today kind of thing. He's played the White House. He's played all over New York. So there's lots to learn in this episode. It goes a little long. It's going to be my last one for a while, so I figured that's okay. But anyway, sit back, listen in as Barry Lynch discusses the Armour Rhymers, Volume 2. First of all, Barry, it's great to have you on. We've been, we met about almost 10 years ago now. It's hard to believe. Is it really 10 years? Yeah, it was 2012. Uh, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've lost a lot of hair. It's great. Uh, uh, oh, that's but, scary. We're here to talk mainly about the Armagh Rhymers project, which we'll get to in a little bit, but it sounds like you've been staying busy musically. So, um, Yeah. How are things, and I know we met in the, the town of Moy, and we were just talking earlier about the, the, the sets that we saw you do. Are, are those still going strong right now? Um, yeah. The, the, the sort of the, the dynamics in, in pubs have changed here. It's a lot more, a lot more younger people are going out to pubs. Older people are not that comfortable about going back to places anymore we used to do a in in the morning we used to do a, a sunday traditional session that ran very successfully for a long time but sundays then changed that when people started to come back to bars it was younger people were coming back so now we've moved the session to a thursday night and it works very well because anybody who comes now comes for the music so it has i think it has improved the session as well now uh, we had most, almost all the sessions are good, but every now and then you get something really exceptional. So what we were talking about last week is that we really should live stream this every yeah. week. So I think that's what that, that's what we'll do. We we live stream it. You never know who's going to show up. But last week was uh, was just great. We run from eight thirty to eleven on a Thursday night our time. So that's what three thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, it's about closing time for work. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. Good. So, yeah, so well, maybe you could catch a wee bit of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's I must say I, I love it, and I get yeah. to meet you know the guys that 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 have been playing with for a long time, and we get to do that every week. Well, how do you get to watch it? It'll be Tom Nee's Tom Nee's Bar in the Moy. Well, before we get to the rhymers, I'd like to talk a bit more about you and how you because you, you've been playing music, I imagine, most of your life, right? I mean, just how did, what drew you to it? And how long has it been such a big part of your life? Oh, oh, it's been a long, long time. My 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 dad and mum and my three sisters had a had a sort of a family group called the Lynch family, and we they used to do concerts and lots. Of, my dad was a, a good musician and a, and a fine singer. He played a accordion, and the girls sang. It was all close harmony stuff, and I was just too shy. Even though I'm the eldest in the family, I, it didn't appeal to me at all. And I remember the first time that I actually played with him. I I, uh, I had been learning the guitar myself, and uh, myself and that uh, friend of mine, unfortunately, who who died um, during the COVID thing. The two of us, I think, we were fifteen, and we were on a on stage at a, a local show. The two of us both playing guitars and sang our first ever public appearance, and we were singing, and it was all going fine. And I don't know how it happened, but a bulb, a light bulb, above us unscrewed itself and fell at our feet loud explosion so i don't know whether that was the god saying maybe you should stop now <laughs> but we carried on 
we mm -hmm. carried on. I think it was, we were too scared. We were frozen to the spot. We were too scared to stop. <laughs> so that was, that was our, my first appearance on a, a, on a stage. But I suppose I played, I played it, uh, uh, I started off playing a mandolin and then I played guitar and then I played bass for a long time. And I, I'm funny, I've just got my, let me show you this bass here. Yeah. I just got this back today. Can oh. you see this? Yeah, yeah. That this, Fender? Is a, this is a 1965 Fender made on oh. the 7th of May, 1965. And I got it set up a couple of years ago by Richie Baxt in New York City, the guitar doctor, they call him. Mm. And he promised me when he gave it back to me that this, it, it would play better, it would sound better, it would, everything about it would be better than it was on the 7th of May, 1965. Mm. Uh, I love this instrument. Wow. I just love this instrument. Anyway, long story with this instrument, but I'll tell you another day. It's, yeah. it's just too long. Mm. So I suppose, so I, I, I played everything. Uh, you know, I played folk music. I, I played yeah. in, in uh, cover bands. I played in New York for, I lived in New York for seven years. And uh, I did the Irish bars in New York. And I did, I ended up playing with a lot of great people that, you know, it was a great education. Certainly playing the playing around those bars. I played, I used to play the four provinces in Washington. Oh, yeah, yeah. I played, um, the Palmer House in, in Chicago, uh, I got, when I was in New York, I got to go to Hawaii, Korea, Japan. And I suppose the music, it brought me a lot of places. Yeah. So, as you say, I've been playing for a long time. I got the White House as well. I got to the White House in 1998. Wow. I was with a school choir um, made up of Catholics and Protestants from Portadown, which is uh, a fairly divided town. Yeah. And we ended up going to, we did a trip to New York over St. Patrick's Day. And we went to the White House on St. Patrick's Day and played for President Clinton and the assembled dignitaries. That was great. And then went back to a party at the Irish Embassy afterwards. Mm -hmm. That was that was a great experience. And while we were there, we did we did the United Nations, the British consulate, and a, and a few local concerts around. So that was good too. Oh. Well, so we're here to talk about the Armagh Rhymers, and there's a new album coming out, release date to be determined. But if it's, so it's volume two, so this is the second official yeah. album. So yeah. can you just give us a bit of background about the band itself? And then I know not everyone who's going to be listening to this is going to be familiar with the Mummers plays in general. So if, if you can ask two questions, you have first a little bit of background about the band and then just how, how, the style of music that it is. It's, it's not quite, it's traditional, but it's very... The mummer's angle is, is is unique, I think. So. Oh yeah, yeah. This is it's uh, and the album itself. I think it definitely it, it it's hard to categorize. Uh, I mean, you've listened to it. Mm -hmm. It it's it's hard to categorize. It's it's full of there's a heritage and tradition. The mummers go back a very very long time, pre-Christian. The mummers would have would have been called by different names: straw boys, rain boys, mummers, rhymers. And what they traditionally did, did was they went round people's houses and knocked the door. Uh, sometimes they were, they were welcomed in, sometimes they weren't. But they would have sung songs while being dressed in masks, all masked up, straw masks or made from reeds. And they would go in and maybe perform a mummer's play, which was a bit like a morality play. And there would be certain people in that. You'd have uh, the saints, St. Patrick, St. Bridget, uh, maybe St. George. 
you would have a battle. St. George, George fought a Turkish wrestler, a, a doctor, the devil. There would be these people would would all step forward and say their piece. And a lot of that was in rhyme. Some would, would be in poetry that was maybe written by other people that that existed or it would be nonsense rhymes that were made up. And in different parts of the country, you would have uh, like in, in Ireland, you would have in, in Kerry, you had Kerry rhymers, County Fermanagh, Fermanagh rhymers, Armagh rhymers. And they would traditionally go out around Christmas time, since Stephen's Day. And you have uh, the, the whole idea of hunting for the rain. The rain uh, being is figures very, very highly, not only not only in Ireland, but in a lot of European uh, traditions. Like you will find people in masks telling stories on the rain. You'll find that in Poland. You'll find it in Finland. You'll find it in Germany. So you will find a, a lot of these things that that, as I say, go back. Even though you've got mentions of the saints and whatnot even before that pre-Christian. This is actually the way the whole album is. It's almost like a, a concept album in a, in a sense. And you have to listen, as you say, all the way through it. And yeah. I think there, there are parts that are haunting, I think, and that really do kind of make you like, there is a lot going on here. Oh, there is. There <laughs> is. And the, way, the way we wanted to do it was it, it's designed really if you have the time, it lasts for an hour and 54 seconds to listen to it all in one go. If you can, mm. it's great for the car. You know, if, if you're driving along and it, it starts and it's, it's designed and the way it, it will be set up when you get to listen to it is that one track will run into the next track. There are 16 tracks. Uh, if, if you had this on CD, you could choose to play any one track you want, but listening to it, it, I wanted this to be almost like a radio play. Yeah. A bit like your Garrison Keeler type mm. thing, you know what I mean? That yeah. it would tell a story and that it would move, it would move. So the whole thing is a story. It's it's like a mummer, the whole a whole mummer play. It is a story with the traditional characters in it, but that it moves along in a certain plane, and there is a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I think that that I, I know that 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 people, uh, friends of mine who who have listened to it, have said that. It was sort of, the, you get to the end and it's almost like, wow, what mm -hmm. was that? What yeah. happened? What happened? And then when they listen to it again, they get, they'll, get, they'll get more out of it. You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's a whole lot in there. Yeah, yeah. Like right, yeah. I mean, to me, that how did you set the stage for all that? Because, I mean, especially in recording this in COVID times when you probably have to be very careful. Very difficult. People were coming very and going. Difficult. Yeah, the 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 Armagh Rhymers has been they have been together for forty seven years, and the the guy who <clears throat> who sort of brought back the tradition, if you like, Dara Vallely from from Armagh, fine fine musician, but also celebrated artist, as his is his brother J B Vallely would be very well known, also related to Killian Vallely, um, pipe player who who would be extremely well known as well. Dara is, is steeped in that tradition. So he, he basically came up with the, most of the material for it. And then he, he sort of said to me, look, here, can you put this together and turn this into an album? So, which was no pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure at all. So we set, off, we set out to make the album. And then every now and then, you know, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have a track finished or nearly finished. And I'd, I'd say, Dara, I'm going to send you this track and tell me what you think of it. And he'd say, I don't want to hear it. 
don't send it to me. I, don't worry. I, I want to hear it when it's finished. Just let, let me hear it when it's finished. So when the album was finished, so he came in, you know, to do concertina bits or to do some of the poetry bits or boron or whatever, came in and did his bits and then away he went again. And then at the end, when he came to listen to it, I didn't realize how nervous I was, <laughs> uh, you know, whenever we, we put it on for him to listen to. He made himself comfortable in a chair and he, he sat back and closed his eyes and listen to it and I know this I know every note on it and but I'm not listening to that I'm, I'm watching him for some sort of sign do you like this and I thought that that maybe what was going to happen would be at the end he'd say look it's a fine album it's obvious you put a lot of work into this but it's not the rhymers and that's I was really really fearful of that so he got to the end and um, he really didn't say too much. He didn't say too much. And he said, no, he, he, he sort of shook his head and he said, there's a lot in there. There's a lot to think about. And that was basically it. And then he was gone. And then I was on the way home in the car, coming back from the studio and, the, and my phone rang and it was him. And he says, I'm just talking to Anne. That's his wife. She's on it as well. And he says, we were just talking here. And he says, do you know what that album needs? And I said, no, but tell me because now we can fix it. It's not hasn't been put to bed yet. He says absolutely nothing. Oh. He, said, oh, wow. he said, he said, I I absolutely love it. He said, I just you know the whole feeling it has captured that. Uh, so we, as I say, we wanted to make it like a radio play. We wanted to make it that when you listen to it, you saw it. Mm -hmm. Not only could you hear it, but that you're able to see it. And I and I think it works. Yeah, I mean, so with the red, for example, I mean, that starts out with the knocking on the door and then there's yes. that kind of haunting childlike voice in the yes. beginning. Yes. Open the door! Open the door and the sense! The run, the run, the king of all birds! Open the door and the sense! Hey, open the, the door! Run, the run. Why the rain? Well, the rain comes in, in Aesop's tales that go back a long, long time. The rain is considered the king of the birds. You know, I'm sure you know that or your audience would know uh, that Aesop fable. Um, the birds all got together and they're trying to decide who's the king of the birds. And various birds put through uh, or stand up and say, well, I should be king, like the pelican. My, my beak holds more than, than my belly can. It's, it's uh, various birds, uh, fast, but you had uh, uh, the kestrels, very fast. Uh, Hunter, Harriet, hawks, very fast, all that. Then you had the eagle, and the eagle said, well, I'm obviously the king of birds because I can fly, I'm the strongest, and I can fly higher than any bird. So they decided, okay, that's, that, that's good. We'll, 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 we'll go with that. Let's see if you're right. So they all start flying off, and as they go up and up and up, all the lesser birds fall away, and the eagle is above the whole lot and soars up, and he's up, and he's up, and just the, the, the feathers at, at the tips of his wings 
are just floating in the air and he's, he's, he's high up above everybody else and he's looking down. He can't go any higher, but this is it. There's nobody below. And then all of a sudden there's this little tweet and the rain jumps out of his neck feathers and flies up another few feet above. <laughs> so the rain becomes the king of the birds. And so that's, the rain is very popular, in, as I said, in a lot of different cultures. Mm. The rain in Irish is called drolling. That's the word for rain. And drolling means the druid's bird. Okay. So again, this was wisdom and whatnot. And then there are people who think Stephen's Day, Stephen's Day is what's, what we call his, here is Boxing Day, 26th of December, the day after Christmas. So since Stephen was martyred, I think maybe stoned to death, and the, but the, the story goes that it was the rain that gave St. Stephen away. The rain can sing, can produce two notes at the same time. And the rain started to cheep in the bushes where Stephen was hiding. He was captured and stoned to death. So then the hunting of the rain, it takes place on St. Stephen's Day. I think in Kerry, when they hunt the rain, the poor rain doesn't come out of it very well. In Armagh, the rain is captured, but then is released. So uh, we're, we're, you'll get a lot of Kerry rains probably have uh, immigrated from <laughs> Kerry to Armagh uh, because they're a lot safer here. So that the rain, that, that was a, that's how the whole thing started. The rain boys, the mummers, they would arrive at people's houses knock on the door, the, the, people would know they were coming, but you would still have the knock on the door uh, and you would have a lot of sort of uh, throwing stones on, up onto the roof or at the windows to attract attention. They would come in and be masked and frighten the life out of people. But most <laughs> of the people, you know, there was a whole lot of that and they, they would deliver their, the, the, the songs, the rhymes, they would get something to drink, something to eat, and then they'd go on to the next house. Hope your favour, we shall win. Room, room, me yelling boys. Give us room to rhyme, and we'll show you some activity this happy festive time. Active youth and active age, never acted on the stage. And if you don't believe a word I say, enter in, Biddy Funny, and she will clear the way. Here come I, wee Biddy Funny. I'm the wee woman that collects the money. All silver, no brass. God knows what shape they were when they got <laughs> <By> the <end. laughs> at the end of the night. God knows. Yeah. Well, it's to play the music as well as it is on this album. I hope that they're they got to be in some kind of good condition. Um, that, but uh, it goes from the wren to what put the blood on your shoulder. Oh, what put the blood? Bird. Yeah. What put the blood? Uh, uh, murder songs. Uh, murder songs have always been popular, I suppose. Uh, Tom Dooley. 
you know, there, there, there are lots and lots of murder songs. And what put the blood? Again, the whole idea, uh, certainly uh, in Ireland, if you've ever seen, say, a movie like what? The Field. With, have you never seen The Field? Oh, it's a very strong movie. That was, what do you call your man? Harris. Harris. The, the, the Limerick actor. Um, it, it, property. Property is very, very important. Okay. I mean, they're not making any more land. That's it. Whatever we have, that's it. And and who gets the land and who it's left to and who owns it, it's very, very, very important and has caused probably more conflict in Ireland than than, than, than maybe the various invasions we've had down through the years, the idea of owning land. So in What Put the Blood, you've got a fallen out between two brothers over some land and one kills the other. And then ends up that there's a conversation with his mother and she wants to know what, what came between the two boys. Why, is, why does he have blood on him? And what's he going to do? Because he's obviously going to have to leave. God made man and man made money. God made the bees and the bees made honey. God made the herd to run through the grass. But the devil made the greyhound to catch him by the ass. And a foul in the whole afternoon Mama, pardon me Mama, pardon me We, 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 did, we did this song in New Orleans in oh. just before the whole lockdown. That was in February. We, we, we were in New Orleans. And there's a part of the song, um, I don't know if you, if, if you remember it, but you, you hear a knife in it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that that again. We did this. We did this live in New Orleans, and we were in this massive big hotel, and we were doing sort of these showcase things. And Annie Callahan, who who sings in that song, she pulled out these two carving knives. Uh, I was playing the bazooki, and it was what put the blood, and you had that, and that was like we were using that for percussion. I was sent her, you know, I mean, oh, people loved it. You know, the, the whole idea of the murder song and, and yeah. the knives and whatnot. It was, it became very visual. And I think Reimer's music, it, 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 it is a visual thing. It's, <laughs> but when we arrived at the hotel, as we were going in, I was saying, Danny, you, you need to be careful bringing those knives in here. You know, <laughs> they've got security on the door there. You know, um, what are you going to tell them? So she said, well, I'll just tell them we're going to use it. In a, in a song, and I said, and and they're going to say, of course, yeah, sure, everybody uses knives, <laughs> of course. So she said, well, I'll think of something if they stop me. So as we were going in, the security guards were just looking at in, in various people's bags and whatnot. She came in, and the guy said, to her, you know, do you mind if I have have, have in your bag, man? And then he turned around to somebody else, and he was looking in that bag, and as he did, she dropped the knives on the floor. I mean, it's sort of marble floor, and it was almost like <laughs> I don't know how loud it actually was, but yeah. to me, it sounded like an explosion. And <laughs> her hands flew up. She bent down, picked up the knives, put them around in the bag. I don't know whether whether he didn't hear it or whatever, but he turned around. And he said, "That's okay, man. That's okay." And <laughs> on she went. I thought, okay. <laughs> I thought to myself, "I hope he's checking the other bags coming in yeah. better than he checked this one." Wow. But anyway, it's. 
It's a very long explanation. It was a it's a murder song, and, and again, highlights the importance of land. Mm-hmm. Again, just thinking about how hard it must have been to do this with COVID protocols in place. I mean, how did... Very difficult. Um, I have a, a friend that I had recorded with before who's also on the album, plays all the keyboards on the album, Johnny McGuinness. And he has a, a studio at his, at his home. So it was a question of going down just one of us at a time with him and being masked and distanced and windows open and all the rest and just doing it a bit at a time. It was actually very intense, but I, I, I enjoyed it as a way to record, um, even though it, it meant sort of that you couldn't put the, the ingredients all together at the same time. It was sort of, you know, putting them in piece by piece. But I enjoyed it because I think it forced us to be um, very disciplined. Mm-hmm. Because I think it, it maybe it's a bit like, what actors sometimes have to do to act and to react to a green screen, right. something that's not there. So that you were playing something and you were reacting to something that was happening in your head that, mm. you know, you knew where the song was going to go. So it was, we had to sort of be very clear what we wanted out, out of the song, where, what the piece was going to do and that you were playing, even though you knew there was something else going to play on top of that. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. Because when when the whole thing was recorded, we we recorded the the sixteen tracks, and we sort of had a pretty good idea where the sixteen tracks where they were going to sit. And it was only at the very very end when it was all mixed and everything was mixed that myself and Johnny sat down to listen to it. And um, the idea was we were going to listen to it, not say a word, listen to the whole thing, and then at the end we could discuss between ourselves what we thought was good and what wasn't good and we only got about three songs into it and I said Johnny this isn't going to work that song's not going to work there we're going to have to swap that so we swapped a few of them a few of them around not too many but we got it to the point where it it I think it works the way the way it mm-hmm. works now. and I think anybody will tell you that that the that, that has ever recorded this, that the, the the order that you present the tracks is absolutely crucial yeah. Uh, how you want people to to go on the journey with you. Now, what people see on that journey, that's totally up to them. But you'd like to bring them on a particular path with you. And if they see something different to you at the end of that, that's great. You know, if somebody makes a connection, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people will. I mean, I'm thinking about St. Brendan, too. And where where is that on the journey? Because this is a journey song. It seems like it's like a sea yeah. So, well, St. Brendan, St. Brendan was well known as, as St. Brendan the Navigator. And, and there is, 
there is evidence and, and a, 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 a learned body of thought that, that says that St. Brendan discovered America. Here am I, St. Brendan, the navigator. It was the fairest, the sweetest scene, the freshest, sunniest, smiling land that air held o'er the waves, its arms of sheltering green, onto the sea in the storm-vexed mariner. No barren waste its gentle bosom scarred, nor suns that burn, nor breezes winged with ice, nor jagged rocks, nature's grey ruins, marred the perfect features of that paradise. And if you don't believe what I say, sure, here's a wee song. The whole idea of Ireland being just such a small, small island, but that idea of Brendan the Navigator, whether he discovered the New World or not, the fact is that that there have been so many people from this small island that you only have, what, six and a half million people, whatever it is, that live on the whole island, fewer than there were during the, 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 the Great Hunger in the 1840s when you had eight million people. But you had people, are, are, no matter where you go in the world, Somebody Irish has been there before you. That's 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 for sure. And I mean, you have what is it, forty-four million people in America who claim mm. Irish heritage. Forty-four million, and there's only six million here. Right. You know, I, I I don't know. Anyway, so the, the idea that it's this diaspora that we've had that people have gone out, and and depending on what the economic situation is like here, whether people go off to look for work, or whether they come back home when when times are better. When the Celtic Tiger was alive and well, you had lots of people come there and people go again. And it, it's that constant movement of people. And then we're in the strange sort of situation now where we have, have people come to Ireland. We have an awful lot of uh, immigrants, um, new Irish people that, uh, that we've never had before. use this song as an example because it's a, a lot of the other songs there is this kind of spoken word to introduce the character to start so how can you just kind of walk through how I mean how that works is it just each character gets kind of a song and yeah. then yes okay. or it could be a song or it could be a piece of poetry and and in in the way the the, the rhymers always work was uh you know you'd finish your song you go and as St. Brendan if you don't believe believe a word I say Enter in St. Bridget and she'll clear the way. 
And here comes so Saint you Bridget. Sort of introduce the next character that's coming behind you, and then that character will have a particular message or something to say, but that's the way the rhymers worked. And then you would have sometimes um, in, a, in a traditional rhymers play, though the masks would indicate who, who, you know, who was speaking, for example, saying column kill would be represented by the heron. So there's a heron mask with a fish in the mouth. So the, the character, the person who's, who played saying column King kill could be the devil the next time. So when he's, he would change the mask, change the head, and then becomes a new character. Well, I want to thank you so much, Barry, for your time. So the, the last song is kind of where we the album wrapped up on King Puck, and this is just a gorgeous song. Yeah, King, King Puck. Um, Puck it, it, it comes from the Irish word Puck, P-O-C, which means a male goat. And the the Puck Fair takes place every August in in the town of Kilarglen in County Kerry. And they say that the, the, the fair dates back to pre-pagan times. And it was officially recognized, I think, by King James I in 1613, recognized this, the fair. What happens is you have the wild goats outside the town. The people capture a wild goat and it's taken into the town and it is crowned by Queen Puck, who's usually a schoolgirl, and she crowns this goat. The goat becomes King Puck and it's kept in a, an enclosure, uh, like a cage for three days and celebrated as being the king of Kilorglin. The, the fair, the first day is like a horse fair. The second day is cattle. And you have a lot of, just a lot of people, a lot of traditional music, a lot of stuff going on. Have you ever heard of Lunasa? No. Lunasa, well, the, the god, the Celtic god, Lu which would be the god of the harvest. So it celebrates, it celebrates at that time in, in, in August, it celebrates the har a harvest, the, the first fruits, all that sort of stuff. Um, again, and even going back before that, you had um, the goat would be considered fertility, like a, a fertility symbol. So it's, it's something that has gone down through the years. And at various times, people have said, wait a minute, hold on a second. You can't be going and capturing goats and put them in, in a cage and, you know, keep them for three days. But the goat is well fed, taken care of. And then at the end of the three days, it, by the townspeople, it's escorted back into the mountains and away it goes again. So it's the the the, the poem that goes be, before. I love that poem. They're talking about drink your porter, tinker man, and wipe your creamy mouth. It's just, it's very earthy. Drink your porter, tinker man, and wipe your creamy mouth. The dust is white upon the road, the wine red from the south. And where's the point in footin' fast when your mouth's on fire with drought? Come sit upon the barrel's edge and slug the porter down. And we'll swap tales with the tinker men and the women, yellow and brown, who sing the roads where puck reigns in Kilorglan town. <laughs> And I suppose in keeping with the whole the whole uh, album, I I want you to see that man with a pint of stout and wiping his mouth 
and, yeah. and, and sort of the uh, funny that's one of my favorite tracks on it too I, I love that track there's a piece of poetry on it it's called the, the druid it's a very short little piece the druid and whenever you listen to that i'm, I'm playing a, a tin whistle behind the behind the, the the spoken word and you'll hear a sort of a, a drone and the whistle which we just sort of composed for this but you'll also hear the sound of water and birds and whatnot that was recorded that's the river coil near in county down near the place where saint patrick is said to be buried so we thought that was a nice wee touch to yeah. actually go out and stand you know by the side of the river with a, a, a recorder and get that that actual river those actual birds from where saint patrick was buried and I don't know, any time I, I listen to that track and I'm hearing that water, it just makes me smile because I know where it is, I know where the place is. And, and I just think it, it lends a, an authenticity to it. The door's on the latch, the turf burns red. Turn low the lamp and go to bed. For on this night, them's that's away will be back again out of the clay. They'll come in the dark to the warm turf, from the cold sack on the sea surf. And you, my love, can breathe a prayer for the wakened dead that's gathered there. But ere it comes to the break of day, thread softly or they'll slip away. When morning comes, you'll rise from bed and find on the hearth the turf still red and creepy and tongs and stool and chair. Be all the way you left them there, but you'll draw the blind with a touch of fear, for you'll know in your heart there are strangers here. Peace be with each wandering guest. God be with them. And give them rest. Well, I mean, just in a way that it, it just ends that the, you can hear the people leaving and closing the doors and kind of walking off. And yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Really it, uh, uh, <laughs> we were going to have, we, we, we laughed about this, that after you, it walks off and you walk down, the, you can hear the, the, you know, the walking away and it goes, and, and then you think, you still hear the birds and think, is it over yet? <laughs> I said, Johnny, I said, Johnny, we should have a voice of somebody in the house going, have they gone yet? Have they gone? <laughs> Lock the door. They might come back. <laughs> I don't know. We decided not to. Oh, here. I'll tell you what. I'm just going to look up here. I'm just going to phone here. The, the, the Rhymers have a Facebook page. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing I wanted to make sure we, we get is how, when this is, when this is available, how do people get it? Well, it's coming out on all the usual platforms, Spotify, uh, iTunes and all the rest. It'll come out on CD and it's also coming out in vinyl. And the vinyl is going to be, it's, it'll be a double vinyl. Yeah. So we'll have the, this, the, this whole album on three sides, and then there'll be bonus tracks from the 1992 album. You know, the very first thing the, the, the Rhymers did, which was recorded, basically, somebody hung a microphone and everybody stood around it and did it. But, um, so there'll be bonus tracks from that. 
Well, if you just see in Facebook, if you just search just the Armagh Rhymers, and okay. you will have that will bring up bring up our page. Uh, there's a lot of videos on it. There's we we actually did quite a number of TV things, believe it or not, during the lockdown. Uh, do you get a, a, a an English program over there called the Antique Roadshow? Yeah. Well, we get the American version of it. But. Well, uh, well, the, well the, the first version, the English version, that has 26 million viewers, we, we did, we recorded that, and oh. they, did a, they did a good piece on it. So it's not, it's not out yet, but that, that will be out at some stage. But we've done a, a, a fair bit of stuff, that, and you'll see some of that just on, on the Facebook page, the RMI Rhymers, and that will lead you to other links. Okay. It'd be useful. Well, thank you so much, Barrier, for giving us much of your time. I saw, I can see that the sky's gotten dark. So, yes, yes, yes so, it has a dark idea, yeah. yeah. And it's now it's starting to rain a wee bit. There's a surprise, oh. rain in Ireland. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been a pleasure for me, so I want to thank you. Not at all. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. So I want to thank Barry again for giving me so much of his time and go look him up at the armarhymers.com. That's A R M A G H. Armarhymers.com. They got a Facebook page. You can find them on Twitter. Get this album. It's a doozy. It is a hell of a listen. It's it's just storytelling at its best with some incredible music to back it up. So again, check it out. Armarhymers.com. Thank you for listening. It'll be a little while before my next one. So stay tuned. Find me on Twitter at Four Songs Two or subscribe to this podcast and you won't miss anything. Alrighty. Take care. Thank you for listening.